Welcome back to the audacity. It's literally been forever on the dance floor. Um, I guess this is the space to be fully transparent. I've been gone because my grandfather passed away. And I mean, it was coming for a long time, but this still doesn't, obviously grief still happens. And I'm like still processing that, which is hard. Cause you know, black people don't talk about emotions. So I'm like, <laughs> I, so I need to go talk to my therapist anyways. But yeah, so I've been really dealing with that and like coming back home and some other things. So that is why I've been gone. But how's everyone been? Let me pull up my document so I can stay focused because that's my problem. I, I get sidetracked and I, I don't know if the people enjoy. I, I don't know, but I want to be organized because I'm actually talking about something that's super important. And I don't know if I'm going to break it up in like to a couple of segments. And I'm actually, I was nervous to record this because I realized I want to come back when I have something good to talk about. But I'm nervous to talk about this because it's always made people who I bring it up to very uncomfortable. And I know that they're very uncomfortable. And it's something that I feel so alone in, particularly because in this moment in my life, I don't really have many dark-skinned black women friends who can understand my experience. So that is really hard. So if you haven't clued in, I really want to do a series on colorism. I want to do, I don't know if I have like the emotional bandwidth to get into how I feel like colorism personally affects me, but I do want to so that might be the round two, but I do want to talk about, you know, colorism and representation because that's immediately what we see when we talk about colorism. And sometimes I think that we forget to look at how it affects us interpersonally. Um, but I think the reason I really want to talk about this is because I like talked about colorism in high school when I didn't even know what it was. Like my AP research, which was such a dumbass AP, um, and I had the most dumbass teacher who had no cultural competency, but okay, whatever. Uh, I did my research paper on like the different effects of colorism in Brazil and how it came to be, um, as well as India. And, like it's just something. Well, Alice Walker coined the term, but I didn't know that at the time. I was in Canada, so I literally didn't know. But I found out later in life. But it's just been something that I've always been fascinated in um, because it directly affects me, and I feel it very viscerally. And I used to not be able to articulate that. Um, feeling into words and now I have the vocabulary and the knowledge to fully understand the way that people are viewing my body and it's like it's implicit and it's um internalized not me with the vote I'm giving vocabulary today and a bitch normally does not give vocabulary so but clearly it's something I'm knowledgeable on so um I just think that it's something that's really important to talk about um and it's a form of anti-blackness. And I don't know. It's like we all say that we don't see. It's like we all say that we don't see it. But it it's very clear. And like oppression, it's very much like it only, only people who are affected understand it. And it's not, I think in the personal episode, I want to get dive into this and how it's very this the situations are not similar between dark-skinned black men and dark-skinned black women I don't know I really want to talk about that today but basically the title of this podcast is um Zendaya is mediocre <laughs> and that is really and I, here's my thing before and I am going to be talking about sweetie I can't say it normally like sweetie is sweetie um today I'm like kind of nervous talking about this y'all because I don't know 
it's kind of like a topic where so many people will argue with you and tell you you're wrong, but you know you're not. But it's hard to like defend yourself because you come you become very emotional because you're invested in the topic because it affects you. So it's like one of those things where I don't want to say the wrong thing, but at the same time, I'm not saying the wrong thing. It's just something that no one really talks about. So anyways, Zendaya is mediocre. What I wanted to say is I'm not here to dispar- disparage these women. Um, I think that they're very, well, <laughs> I was going to say I think they're very talented, but I don't. That's no. Um, I think that they're, they have great personalities from what I've seen. They seem like very sweet people, very, you know, kind-hearted people. But, like, they they get privileges based off of a, a systemic problem, colorism, and really, in reality, their shit is not that good, but because of, the, because of how they look, it's good. And I would also like to point out, too, that they are biracial, which means that, and not every biracial person has Eurocentric features, but they happen to have Eurocentric features or features that would denote the standard of beauty. So, uh, anyways... So, Sweetie's going to get a little dragged up in here, too, and I'm going to get on Zendaya's ass. But really, though, I want to use this space, I don't know, to just debunk some of the things that we all see or we all participate in, whether that be social media or, like, the internet. I don't know, but I haven't taken the time to think a little bit deeper about the messages and kind of what we are being conditioned to see, because also... This topic also, I really want to talk about Gossip Girl, but that's like, that's a multifaceted conversation, not because I watched the actual Gossip Girl, which was dumb as fuck, and some random bitch in high school spoiled who Gossip Girl was, and then I watched it, I was, still didn't get it, so I, I mean, whatever, but I also kind of want to talk about that too, because I did watch that reboot, um, but back to Zendaya. Okay. Why Zendaya to me is a case study because she was getting too hyped up over Euphoria and then it just caused me to be like, girl, I'm really about to read into you, research into you to see what you're about. And I, I, okay, like nothing. So we're going to get into her, her big movies and shows in chronological order. I went through her IMDb and I just picked the most important things. I did not feel the need to really dig any further. Okay, so we're going to start with Shake a Tea Up. Shake a tea up. And the reason I'm calling it that was because if you were on Vine, I know this is super fucked up, but it's a Vine, so I'm sorry. But um, <laughs> I'm such an... I feel so bad. <laughs> but they used to make fun of Bella Theron, and that was also <laughs> another joke because she was dyslexic. So then they we used to botch like whatever she would say and make it sound like she had... Like she was reading with her dyslexia it's super fucked up so i apologize and i'm yeah anyways so she was in shake it up i'm gonna say it properly which was they did have a banger and zendaya did come out with her song replay wanna put your song anyways that song was okay i did buy that on itunes i believe um so that song was good but but it was like it was like no i was gonna say it's like hannah montana but hannah montana was epic I'm trying to think of, like, another show. It, it was very much, like, Ant Farm. Like, something that was just on. Okay, so then she was in Spider... <laughs> I'm sorry to slide my hand, because I'm like, okay, so boom. Okay, so then she was in Spider-Man Homecoming, which... Who gives a fuck about a third Spider-Man when Tobey Maguire did the job the first time around? And that's on period. Like, you know that Tobey Maguire is the only Spider-Man. 
Andrew Garfield. Uh, it was cute. I don't like, I was going to say Tom Hiddleston, but that's Loki. Tom ho- ho- Holland? Ho- Holland, correct. Um, I don't like him, sorry. So, okay. Greatest Showman. I thought about watching that for this, but then my friend said it was so awful. So I was like, period. Okay, kind of knew that, so I didn't have to give that energy. And there's only a couple musicals that I should acknowledge. I think maybe I I should do a podcast on the best musicals, Dreamgirls being numero uno, period. I know the whole soundtrack, and when I'm in my car and um, It's Not Over comes on, I'm doing every fucking part, line, cadence, tone, matching it, period. Okay, so you have Casey Undercover. Okay, I mean, it did go on for three years, but... Mm. Um, so then, okay, you have Euphoria. Let's get into Euphoria. Euphoria, and I've said it before, and I'll say it until the roosters crow. Is that a saying? Euphoria's not good. Um, I, yeah, I don't really know how to expand further. Outside of like, okay, all these people are underage. And so the the discourse with that was, okay, but like this is what really happens in high schools. Okay, but like don't you have a responsibility and a duty to show something better on TV? Like, they're, and they're saying, well, HBO is an adult channel. They're throwing out HBO Max subscriptions anywhere you go. So you're going to get HBO Max to watch something that you shouldn't be watching. Like, okay, I think that like showing... You know, it shows, like, difference. And it shows, like, you know, typical storylines that we don't get to see on TV. Like, yes, that's fine. But, like, Kat doing porn. And I'm not even anti-porn. I'm like, she's just underage and she's fucking that older dude. And maybe that does happen. But, you know, pitches are done. They aspire to be like that. So, like, do you want your high school kid fucking an adult i don't think so right and then nate that's weird as fuck the abusive relationship what's going on like and i I mean i don't know i think that it's okay when talking about like adults but i don't when taught framing that in the world of children i just feel like we have a responsibility to our kids to show them something more positive than that hot mess and you rue can't act or zendaya can't act she's like she she literally looks like she's playing like dead the whole time and hey here's my thing i'm not an actor i know my strengths and my weaknesses but if you put me in some acting classes and you gave me some time i think i could produce the same result i'm just saying so i really don't think euphoria is good and i have beef with the director because of the next movie i'm gonna talk about so malcolm and marie when i fucking saw this shit i knew it was gonna be some bullshit i knew texting all my friends saying this is some bullshit and to be honest, what's Denzel Washington's son name? John, John Washington? I think that's his name. I really didn't like Black Klansman. Fight me. Like, for real, pull up. Like, I didn't really like it. Um, but whatever. Okay, so now fast forward back to Malcolm Marie. That's the connection. John Washington. I think that's his name. Um, and I knew this movie was going to be a hot mess. But then, okay, so I was looking at... <laughs> The reviews, like, I think I love movie reviews, like, before it comes out, because they be scathing. Like, they be hurting people's feelings. They were basically saying, like, it's it's just not good. Like, it's just basically, like, all these long-ass soliloquies. I actually don't know what a soliloquy is. Like, you know you know oh, how to use a word in a sentence, but you're just not quite, you're not quite sure on, like, the definition. Okay. Basically, you're just talking. Okay. Um, 
soliloquy monologue. And the director was interviewed to say that he put out this film because, oh, he wanted to talk about politics and race and, you know, the business and all that. And I'm like, bro, are you qualified? This is a white male. Are you qualified to talk about politics, race, and yada, 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 and so forth? And I I think maybe they were trying to give, like, first of all, it was in black and white. Okay. But then, like, they were trying to give play vibes. I have, I'm personally one of those movie people, like, Fences. That shit, I went to sleep in the movie theater. It was so hard. It's the... The movie with Denzel Washington and Viola Davis, but it's a play, so they're they're in one spot the whole movie, stationary. And that was that whole ass movie, and they were just fucking arguing about nothing. And then Zendaya can't act, so I'm like, not only are you just sit here and make me watch a two hour movie, but you're gonna make me watch it with someone who cannot act. <sighs> I don't know. And I'm like, you know, get your shine on at the Emmys and all this other stuff. But then here's my issue. So this is why I'm getting into her mediocrity to then transform to talking about colorism. When Zendaya was going through all of her like um, Emmy stuff and like winning awards and people like, you know, black girl magic, I'm like, and she's kind of like the epitome of that outside of like, I want to say, I just had a thought and I think maybe I'll come back to that outside of like Viola Davis, um, and Regina King, um, you know, saying that, like, she speaks for all black girls, and, like, similar to the Naomi Osaka thing, like, she doesn't speak for me, because she shows up in a room very differently than I show up for myself, and then I thought to myself, you know, but don't people who look like Zendaya deserve that space as well, and I think that they do, but they can't mask that under speaking for all black people, because she, like, Zendaya does not speak for me, so Weedy doesn't speak for me because I show up in a room very differently than they'll show up in a room based on their appearance. Because it's not actually about who the fuck you are. It's about what the fuck you look like. And then people find out who the fuck you are. And if you suck, you suck. But, you know, it's, it's, it's how you show up and it's what you look like that people look, they see you and they ha- have implicit bias. And so I applaud Zendaya for, you know, what she's been able to accomplish. But I just want to say, I feel like there are other people who are more capable and have a better track record um, to like have that platform. And a lot of people will then say, well, you know, she says that she only takes roles from white women or she talks about colorism. And it's like, okay, you're talking about colorism, but you're still like a privileged member of whatever group. Like you don't get it. Like you can speak on behalf, but no one cares about that. Actually move out the, get, move bitch, get out the way and let other people come in who have that experience. Like Pose. Pose would not have worked if, what, I be, I'm sucking with the names today, but Pose would have not worked if Ryan Murphy did not invite people who were part of the trans and queer community to play those roles because that is their community. It wouldn't have been good any other way. You know what I'm saying? So like, it doesn't matter what, like if she's taking white women roles, people will view her as black because of the one drop head rule. And hey, that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother day. Um, they will view her as like black, like me, but it's actually not that because we show up in a room very differently. And I think that colorism is really at the fault of um, black people. I think we perpetuate that shit too. I'm not saying it's just completely our fault. Not, And I'm maybe I'm speaking only in terms of like the black community because I know that colorism is a global thing, but I can only speak to black people. I, like, I want to make that clear. I'm centering this in my black experience. and I, But I, trust me, I know it's intersectional and it goes across so many different cultures. Um, 
But yeah, like, so that, that's what really bothers me about Zendaya. And I think it's all Danny that she acknowledges colorism. But bitch, acknowledgement is not enough. And we fucking know that. Get out the way. Like, and I'm about to give you. Okay, so you're thinking about who's a prime example who could have been better than Zendaya. And, but she was never given the chance. Okay, think real hard. Coco Jones from fucking Let It Shine. Which was a banging ass Disney Channel original. It gave you church, gave you black church, gave you, you know, godly, but then also gave you rap battles. And the rap battles were fucking good. It was with Everybody Hates Chris. I don't really know his real name, but yeah, that movie was fucking good. But Coco Jones even puts, she did a YouTube video kind of like about her experience at Disney and they purposely weren't pushing her because she was dark skinned. And this was around the time of Zendaya and Zendaya got the push and Zendaya got the shows because she's marketably, she's marketably black versus Coco Jones who is not a marketable black person. And she does not get the shine she deserves. And she's, she could sing too. Like Zendaya be giving you that whisper or like the talking scene, like very Selena Gomez. If you're looking for a funny moment in life, which sometimes when I'm feeling really low, I go back to watch this video. Does that say a lot about my character? Probably. But it's the video with, um, <laughs> with it's the video of Selena Gomez singing Who Says on Ellen, and it's absolutely hilarious because you're getting the live feed of the mic, I believe, and it's hilarious. But that's kind of what Zendaya's giving as opposed to Coco Jones, who's really giving you talent. But because of her skin color, she was held back. Like she hit a glass ceiling. And so that is really why I think Zendaya's, why I really went for 14 minutes about why I think Zendaya's mediocre. I think that's good. But I really do think that, and okay, let me tie it back to this, Gossip Girl. Okay, I think that I liked Gossip Girl with the original because it was all white people. So like that was a world so far for me. And then watching the new Gossip Girl, they have like three black people or three black women who are in the roles or marketably black women as opposed to like there's no, I think that's how I'm going to say it, marketably black. And not that they're not black, but they can be received by an audience and not immediately be turned off. But like darker skinned women cannot experience, they do not have that luxury. So there's no like visibly dark-skinned black women in the show and so I'm like you know I can handle it when it was the original because I, there was no one who looked like me like n not even an iota but in this new one it's like they're trying but I'm like you're missing like, like if you're gonna try go all the fucking way but bitches don't want to do that bitches want to take the easy way out bitches don't care it's the same thing as fucking Lynn manuel Miranda and fucking In the Heights which I didn't go see was it good do not I actually I think it got like a 99 on um I'm just trying to see what it got. Oh, it got 95 close. Okay, anyways. So, I don't know, like, and when I was a kid, too, I'd be thinking, like, I don't have anyone who looks like me on TV. Like, the closest person who I had was Raven. And because Raven and her behavior and how her parents behaved, they were hella black. Like, you know, and you had Corey, which in real life, he's a fucking mess, but whatever. Um, and so, I never had anyone who looked like me on TV, like, ever. Um, and as you get older, like, you think, oh, why is this important? And it really is important when kids, like, when you're seeing, like, queer and same-sex um, parents um, on TV, that helps kids. They see themselves. They see their identity on TV. They see the part of the storyline, like, it's actually real. That could be them versus, like, you know, not having anything. You feel like you don't belong. And, I, I mean, I, I guess essentially that's the purpose, right? to make dark-skinned women feel like there's something inherently wrong with them. Um, but whatever. 
So that's my little, that's my soliloquy on fucking Zendaya. And I don't know, like, I, here's my thing. I think that she's super beautiful. And I think that she has a nice personality. But I'm just saying that I feel like there are more talented people and she only got the push because of how she looks. I'm just saying. And her skin color, her hair texture, her features all play into that. So, I mean, say what you will, but you know it's true and you really think about it. And and I actually, I don't think it's the fault of Zendaya. I think it's our fault because we are so, we have so much internalized racism and implicit bias towards darker skinned black women. We are like, okay, like she's it, she's everything. And we will tear down a dark skinned black woman in 0.2 seconds. Like, we, so we've internalized her and made her so much greater than I actually think that she is because there are other people who are talented and that's just on per. She called me big per. Go and make that. I can't do the thing where Coyle Ray goes like, like she rolls her R's, whatever. So um, there is that. Okay. I mean, getting into Sweetie would be literally light fucking work, but I'm going to. So Sweetie cannot perform. Like, go look at all her. Go look at her. Oh my God, a light just fell. It scared me. Um, her Triller fight performance with Doja Cat and then like. At the beginning, and then she goes to her solo performance. He goes, "Oh, I'm so tired," and she's not doing anything. She's not get. First of all, she's lip syncing, so okay. But then on top of that, she's not giving anything. Like she's go, girl, give us nothing. That's exactly what she's giving, nothing. And you know, everyone and everyone's like, you know, sweetie's so pretty and she is beautiful. Don't get me wrong, but I'm like, the talent is not there. She remixes old '90s, 2000s rap songs, and she don't be talking about nothing. And I'm just saying, like, compared to a Megan Thee Stallion or a Nicki Minaj, she's not there. And, yeah, so I think she's hella trash. But I really want to get... So she talked about pretty privilege. And I was like, bitch, you don't even... What, this is what I said. <laughs> this is what I said about in my doc. I said, her performances are ass. She's always out of breath. She re- she remakes old hip-hop songs and she lip-syncs. Okay, per. Um... <laughs> Um, but this, she was on Nick Cannon's, um, podcast, which, okay, he's problematic as fuck. Uh, everybody is problematic. Death to all celebrity culture. That's really the underlying theme, but this is what Sweetie said on his podcast. Throughout my whole life, being pretty wasn't pretty. Bar. I was judged and it always worked against me. I never thought of pretty as glamorizing my existence as a human being. So when I say pretty bitch music, I'm talking about energy and self-esteem. When I, um, when I'm pretty... Okay, I fucked up the last part of the quote. Anyways, she's basically talking about how she was bullied because she was pretty. And I'm like, <sighs> I mean, put some things in context. Like, yes, that really does suck that you're a bully. But, I mean, you there it could be a lot worse. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, it, it's like kind of the same idea of like when Queen Nigel was like, yeah, I got bullied because I was light-skinned by these dark-skinned nappy-head girls, these dark-skinned nappy-head bitches. Like, first of all, <laughs> I have to laugh because <laughs> I can't believe she said that. But then also, bitch, get a grip. Like, move on. Like, some people are really stuck in middle school and high school. People make mistakes. People mess up. You know, you judge them now at this point in your life if they're still doing that dumbass shit. But, like, let it go. Like... There's some things that you just have to move on, you know? And I'm sorry if that happened. I really am. But it's not dark scene. Now you have bitches fault, okay? Like, I can't 
they're not to blame, okay, for the rest of your life. Those, like, and that's that part, of, like, that's that anti-blackness generalization, monolithic shit. Like, not every person is like that, okay? You can't just say, and also, any person with the loose hair texture that calls hair nappy, red flag. That's a red flag. That person is sick. Um, <laughs> I don't even know if this is any good, but I'm feeling the vibe, so, and I have my Kush candles burning, per. And my Angela Davis candle burning. Purr is my, I don't know why. Coily Ray has a stick in my head, but that's my go-to word for the podcast. Um, but yeah, Sweetie is easy. And then she was saying how she needs to go to a performance boot camp to step up her game. And I'm like, well, also the City Girls too, but whatever. Um, yeah, bitch, like you have a lot of work to do. Like you're, you're not good. And I'm just saying like, have some talent behind that, please. Something. And here's my thing. I'm not saying that all, you know, black women have to be talented, but um, she can't pretend like she doesn't just get by by her pretty privilege. That's all I'm saying. So that's really um, my take on colorism. I hope you're entertained. I hope you enjoyed. I kind of enjoyed that little rant. I think my next podcast, my next podcast is going to be about how pers- how colorism has personally affected me um, and other women like me, other women who are, who share you know the similar experience of being darker skinned black women. Because while we're talking about representation, and those are really case studies, like what I'm saying can apply to larger situations. I just I think it's sometimes I think I enjoy talking about you know these ideas of these systemic issues and oppressions and how they intersect with pop culture. So I always enjoy like a little segment of that. But then also, I just think sometimes we really don't recognize how it's interpersonal. Like we perpetuate this shit just as much as we see it in Hollywood. And maybe it's a trickle down or I don't know, like maybe it's a circle, it's circular. I don't know what the process is, but like, I don't know. I've had people who look like me contribute to the bullshit. Um, and other, and I've heard stories from other dark-skinned black women, and it actually just breaks my heart. Like, for example, this is one story I'm going to tell, and then I'm in the podcast, but, like, my friend was, we were, it was right before we were about to leave. I was in college, my, I think, like, my sophomore year. She was about to leave, and we got, like, dumplings. They were fire-ass dumplings. And she was telling me the story about how her boyfriend's cousin asked to, be, like, be hooked up with some of her cousin's friends, and... Like, he didn't have the heart to tell her that they probably wouldn't be interested because she was dark-skinned. And I started crying. Like, I started crying. And she didn't understand why I was crying. And I was like, that could be me. Like, someone could be saying that about me. And that's just so hurtful to hear someone denigrate another black woman like that based off her skin color. Like, okay. Like, you know, it just broke my heart. And she literally couldn't understand why I was crying. Like, she didn't get it. And I don't know. Like, it was in those ways that I... And actually, as I recount my entire life, like, and there are certain ways in which I felt very alone in this struggle, and I had no one to talk to. Like, I literally had, I didn't even have, first of all, I didn't have the words to describe it, but I was alone. I had no one. And so, I don't want any other dark-skinned black woman to feel alone, like, or to feel like she's the only one. I really, in an ideal world, would never even want them to feel like this, or to have those feelings of not being good enough. Um, and obviously like that's in a dream world, but I just think like we need to have this conversation because no one talks about colorism in the black community. And I'm pretty sure at large other communities too, like I 
want to make that clear, but no one talks about it within black communities. And, but you can see how I can see in certain, certain situations and certain experiences that I've had that people have been perpetual, black people have been perpetuating that shit. Um, and it's really irritating. And I also find that lighter skinned black people, um, monoracial or otherwise don't even give it the time of day either. And it's because they really don't have to. Um, and so I really think that, um, my, my next one is going to be good. Although, I couldn't do it today just because I knew that it would make me super emotional because sometimes I do get choked up about this because I'm like, I just can't believe that someone is so dumb, 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 stupid that they would think like this. But this is America. This is the world. So whatever. But thank you so much for joining me. I hope you like this. It was a spitfire, but I feel like I was dropping some bars. Um, have a great rest of your week and... Yeah, I will talk to you in the next episode.